What up, what up, what up? Oh boy, we're back with another episode. It's a late night. It's a Monday night. It is December 19th. It's 727 and you're tuned in to another episode of Between Two Posts. It's Everett alongside Evan and Evan. E, e, what, what's the third power? E squared, E. E cubed, is e, it? Cube sounds stupid. I guess it is cubed. Ev. Well, that sounds dumb, but uh, EV to the yeah, third sure. power. That sounds cooler. Maybe we'll re- rebrand the show, but Evan Moyes, how are you? I'm living the dream. Uh, long day of work, and uh, now we're going to you know, pop on here, shoot the shit for a little bit. Did you put on a hoodie to match your eye color for this guest? Are you really trying to razzle-dazzle them or what? No, dude. These were the uh, employee party Christmas gifts last night. Nice, nice. I saw it sitting. It was still sitting on my. Uh, I didn't put it in my closet yet. It was still sitting on my, uh, on my couch over there. So I. Now, did you pick I the colors for on. those sweaters because of your eye color? No, actually, my. Uh, I think my mom picked this one. She, she wants her baby boy to look nice, doesn't she? Yeah, she cares about me. Good. She good. loves me. EP, what's good in your neck of the woods? Not much. Just. Doing school, trying to make memes in between working a bunch and studying. You sound like we're like like you're we're forcing no. you to do this, and it sounds you guys are so not. painful. <laughs> no. How how'd your goalie lesson? Long. How'd your goalie lesson go today? Did you teach him how to panda? I taught him how to panda real well. Uh, I dangled one of the kids during a rebound drill, so we're starting. How old were they? Coming up. They're maybe oh. like first year squirts. So oh, you're like the man. 10, 10 and eleven. You're the man. Have to build a have to build that confidence somehow. The one what? kid had my my first set of pads actually that I sold to his mom. So oh. he was rocking some Von V fours with the red and black graphics. Very good, very good. Keep it. Uh, you keep it. You keep those cycling, man. Keep the kids in the system. You know what I mean. Got to. Um. So uh, I I want to get into it real quick. Um, how about them lions? Uh, painter oh, painter yeah. psyched. E- Evan, how about how about them lions? I have no clue what you're talking about. Yeah, it sucks to be you. The From only Cleveland. thing that I do have to say is, and I get it. We're in we're kind of in this world now, but I don't think like we don't. I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, we we've taken shots. But my thing is, anyone that said. Six weeks ago, after they took that last loss, before I went to Ford Field and they won, and they've been on a winning streak ever since. So let's just put that out there. Uh, but the the week before that, when they had lost, I forgot to who. I was listening to ninety seven one. That's our sports talk radio. It's one of the main shows. And then I saw some clips from Woodward Sports, no, uh, and a bunch of other garbage, you know, sports talk. And everybody's questioning Dan Campbell. He shouldn't be here. He's this. He's that. Now he's the greatest coach. He has. He's a player's coach. Everybody loves him. He's the smartest guy ever. Six weeks ago, he was an idiot, a moron. It poor. You know, like there's still clock management's not great. But he didn't know what he was doing. He was unqualified. How did he even get to this position? In my world, I think there should be some sort of. Hey, I'm sorry I was wrong. Like, just admit you were wrong and things have changed and now the situation's different. But, like, fess up to being a dickhead at one point. Is that dumb of me to think that way? 
No. I mean, you go, you go, EP. No, I I'm, think it was ridiculous to see. I think all the people saying that he wasn't good, that he wasn't smart. I had my doubts of him, but he's shown that he's our man, man. You know, dropping. He he's he's lulled our way into our hearts. Uh, I think he should have had a longer leash to begin with because, I mean, if you look at the team, what he's started with this team, it's unreal how where it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a bad team, but it's not going on a heater, almost getting into the playoffs this late type of uh, team. It's uh, it's really nice to hear all these people who are doubting him just like switch. And then, I mean, some people are owning up, but I don't, I don't think a lot of people are going to well, I just take I saw... it. Go ahead. I don't think a lot of people are going to take their, uh, Foots out of their mouths from their old takes. I just saw Colin Cowherd clip on TikTok how great of a coach Dan Campbell was and how he's so for the players and the way he's doing it is brilliant. But anyways, Moyes. Dude, I, all I know about him and all I ever saw was that his intro p- press conference where he's like, we're going to get knocked down and then we're going to take a bite out of their ACL and then we're going to get knocked down again. We're going to take a bite out of their teller tendon. And he just, I mean, I know nothing about him, but – I know if I was a player, that'd be a guy I want to fucking go to war for. I can tell you that much. 100%. Oh, yeah. He's 100%. gritty. And, and I, I feel like football is different. Like, like that's one of those sports where it's like kind of an ego sport. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, I feel like you basketball, have to be football, fired up. Yeah. Yeah. And I like he, uh, like he definitely plays into that. Like, definitely plays into that. Like, hockey, I don't know. Hockey's just, hockey's different where like it's kind of like you want, like, most of the coaches, I feel like, you know, they get a little fired up here and there, but it's not like with the team. It's like at the ref or it's like at, yeah. you know, you know, something a play like a player on the other team did make like it's never like I'm, you know, all psyched up and ready to go like with the team necessarily. Yeah, that's, I don't know. There's a something more with hockey about being stoic, about being kind of calm. Um, about having a command of a room, but without having to like lose your mind on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it it's tough. It's it's definitely different. Um, but Evan, you had a hot take about goaltending development and coaching, and we I just want you to air out this uh these thoughts and get your uh get your mind clear. Okay. Okay. So I'll preface this. I uh I do like this men's league like coaching clinic. Actually, I'm doing it tonight. And one of the guys, like, pretty pretty cool dude. Like, he'll always, like, message me, ask me stuff. Like, just he always has questions, and whether it's about hockey or this or that. And I guess he was, like, doing some research on, like, other places for more lessons or something like that. And he sent me this this one place, and I'm, I don't know anything about it. I don't know who runs it. I, I don't know anything. But it literally, it looks like they rented out a, uh, like, a, uh, warehouse and industrial parkway sort of deal mm-hmm. and they put a like five or six by ten sheet of uh synthetic ice down and they put a net in there and they have they just have like sense arena for the kids and they're they're offering goalie lessons and they're like he sent me the website he's like what do you think of this like would you like does it seem like a good investment to you or anything like that and i'm like I mean, I, 
I don't know. Like, I, I think the sense arena, like, yeah, it's a cool tool. It was a cool tool during COVID. Like no one could get on the ice, like nothing like that, whatever. But like right now, like, what do you really outside of playing a video game? What do you really get out of it? And that's just like this place. Like I, he, he sent me the website. They don't have anything about who's coaching. They don't have anything about, you know, what the qual what their qualifications are like anything. And it's just like, you send your kid here for an hour. He plays on the sense arena with his pads on and, goes home i i don't know i did we talked have we we've talked about this before right the sensory and the vr bullshit we've well we talked we talked about it for five minutes earlier but that was about it okay I, and at least that i remember so then that means our thoughts are out in our you know little podcast universe um but i still do think it's complete i 100 until, bucks a month i don't uh, uh, besides the expense, someone would have to sell this to me to understand how this helps. Because my big thing about goalie coaching, and again, I have not played at the levels that Evan has. I, I don't practice with the lightning like Kyle has. But the one thing I do know about hockey and what's physically on the ice when you're there is when kids shoot, whether you're playing 11 house or you're playing, you know, AAA 16s and you're trying to go, you're drafted to go to the USHL the next year. Being in person and watching the way people use their body, release shots, skate, shoot in stride at that age level, like that's where your those skills are really starting to get applied. And now the new big term that everyone's throwing around is misinformation. You know, looking off, loading up, you think he's going to pass right, boom, shot, high blocker. Those things can only get learned from doing that. I have seen the graphics. I have seen the makeup of Sensorina. Now I think you can get an idea of like, oh, like here's a, a what a line rush looks like coming at you. But without actually physically stopping feeling the ice or the puck or have like doing all that kind of shit, like I don't get it. You couldn't you could never tell me I could you you could give me a million dollars. I don't think I could endorse that product and tell you, hey, this is gonna be great for your kids and any goalies that are looking to develop. You know what I mean? I and I mean I you know it... It's one thing if you're two hours away from your nearest ice rink and that is the only thing you can do in your off time to try and figure something out. But I mean, if, if you're anywhere, if it was my kid and it was between sending him there for an hour, probably you're probably, I mean, I have no, like I said, I have no idea anything about their websites. Very incomplete. Doesn't say anything about who coaches doesn't say anything about whatever but if it's between probably probably you're probably paying 50 60 for the hour at least yep. to go do that or paying you know what is it to go to a stick and puck 10 15 bucks goalies are 10 dollars on my rink goalies goal act you're right goalies, goalies are, are normally free, free right taking we your kid to the rink, rink. you're a scumbag painter yeah that's yeah. not i don't run the rink i don't run the rink don't, dust, don't get mad at me dust rink not not for development not 51 and 30 uh but no like i'd rather i'd rather send my kid to that and and let him go skate do a couple movement drills see if you can find someone to shoot on you fuck the two-on-two tag up as much as it sucks like at yeah. least you're seeing pucks coming at you and players coming at you. Like, I don't know. It just, I I mean, like I said, I think, I I don't think it's definitely 
probably not my first one, two, three, four, five, whatever choices. It's way down on my list. But if I, if, if it's like I'm COVID pops back up again, we're on lockdown for another six months. Okay. Maybe if I'm really serious about hockey, I'd, I'd download it or get it or whatever, just to have something or B if I'm three hour, if I live in the middle of nowhere, down South in Ohio, you know, three hours away from the nearest ice rink and, Maybe it's like, okay, I can at least do this, you know, a couple times a week, just so I have something coming at me. I, I don't know. Just, and, and it just, for to me, it was just like, and not to mention skating on synthetic ice. Does that really do anything for like, can you really slide? Can you really do anything like that? No, so no, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like kind of a crazy concept to me. And I, I don't I just wanted to bring it up and, and make sure I wasn't crazy for thinking the way I'm thinking. No, I mean, it's kind of like, uh, it's like the FTX thing and we are Larry David. No, no. And I'm never wrong about these things. Nope. Never doing it. Um, no, I just going to last. It, no, it's like, it, I think VR stuff, like in terms of video games, you know, like I don't play a ton, but I've always thought about trying to get a VR set. Cause it looks kind of cool. I got one right over do. there. But like the graphics for it, Painter, aren't you know very well developed. It's you're kind the, of playing it like it's a not 90- the greatest. No, you're playing like Nintendo sixty four, but the the technology and what's there is very advanced. So it's like it's making the step forward, and I just I don't I don't think it. It's kind of like um, we were just at the uh, the Hockey Hall of Fame, and Rhea did this the shooting thing, and that's that's worse. It, I don't I'm not even going to compare that to whatever this product is that VR hockey is, but because it's NHL. 22 or whatever it's molded after but the players kind of walk in on a line rush or breakaway they skate around and eventually once their stick hits the hole the puck comes out yeah so to me that's the kind of like the concept of vr i'm not exactly saying it's a direct comparison to what we're talking about and like the censoring and all that stuff but when they fire the puck off the hole you can't see you just see the hand snap so you know something happened but in hockey you read like there's so many cues physically that you see in like tenths of a second between a shoulder release where the hands are, how the hands are driving through the hips, yeah. where his feet are. If you can't see that stuff, and like when I watch sensory and I just I've seen the one where it's just like it's like a little like boat buoy that's just moving around on the ice and it just turns and slaps pucks. Like I don't know. So well maybe, I, when maybe you... I'm an idiot. You know, maybe one day this will come out and then they'll use this as like their you know, anti-ad, like, look at how stupid these guys are, but yeah, I stand well, where I, I stand right now. Look at these haters. And it makes me think of uh, when I used to, Spearsy, when he coached out of Texas, he had a, uh, like, when he was the guy in Wichita Falls, he had a, like, a puck shooter, like a oh, bony, yeah, like puck, one of those the, bony the machines. machines. Yeah. yeah, and they, uh, like, those even, those were really tricky because there was no cues whatsoever. It was just a puck that flew out at I think like the highest he could get it up to is like 90 or 95. Yep. And it sounded like it was a like helicopter taking, it sounded like a Black Hawk helicopter was taking yeah. off. And, uh, but no, like even that, like he said, it, it was, it was helpful because it made you like really focus on tracking the puck. But at the same time, it was like, it was almost as if it wasn't even like you were tracking an actual shot. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you see people doing the stuff in front of the like tennis ball machines or, or uh, like, I mean, even like you think about it, you play wall ball before the games or whatever, like that's not like stopping a puck at all. So 
just waking up the eyes. But uh, like I've seen where you could take a Zamboni uh, or not the Zamboni, but those buck machine, buck shooting machines, and you set up deflections, or you yeah. set up like a rebound type scenario, or you put up uh, like the the classic Future Pro screen where they take a tarp, hang it off a metal sheet or a metal you know structure, and then they snip it all up so it's like cut in like layers. Oh yeah. It's kind of like a weird screen. They get the wind going and then you got to read through it. So there's a lot of things you can do. To be honest, I, I did have this thought while you were talking about the puck shooting machine. And I would rather go out in my Franklin Street hockey pads and get dressed in my garage and have my dad rip clappers off of me with rubber pucks and no chest protector than me do VR. So that's where I stand <laughs> on that. Um, but yeah, I just I want to put my hard fucking line in the sand and let everyone know. That's where I feel. Um, <laughs> I did have something that I've been wanting to talk for a little bit, and I've caught two coaches at <laughs> two coaches that have done this. But you know how like there's Instagram models all all over the place now, like, and they're you know some of them happen to you know like talk influencers about, and stuff. Yeah, and they're just they're just girls that uh, wear a little less, take a lot of pictures, post a lot, and it's a lot of thirst traps. But the best is if you go to that profile or it pops up. And I love where the new Instagram update, it'll show you who of your followers, like who follows them. And I've seen a couple coaches following some, um, uh, yeah, Instagram models, follow influencers, whatever you want to call them. And it's the people that you would least expect and people that you would really, really expect. And those are my <laughs> only mutuals with like those people. And it's usually, I think some of them were on private because they have, uh, what you would call an OnlyFans, for whatever reason they do that, and then I was just I I had myself a giggle. So, um, have you ever caught your buddies following uh you know thirsty Instagram models? I just I remember on the thing I think of is on Twitter, mm -hmm. like sometimes if if someone likes something, it'll pop up in your oh, feed. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? And like you always. You know, or like people go through like other people's likes and I think of like the politic like the old ass politicians that just like they go in their likes and it's like only fans girls or like uh, these influencers or whoever and it's just it's so funny to see that stuff like you got to be really careful about what you do on social media I'm trying to look up the Republican candidates from 2020 because it was one of them no, Isn't it, was, it Marco Rubio or is it Ted Cruz? It, no, it was Ted Cruz that was like in Twitter porn and then it showed up on everybody's feed. So that's, there's two things in that scenario, right? It's either A, Ted Cruz, obviously, right? Or B, it's his intern or social media manager that's searching up porn on the Ted Cruz profile. Well, they probably, they probably had like dual, like, you know how you can have like two accounts or whatever? They probably had like two accounts and they forgot to switch over and they were liking stuff on his. Cause I, hi I mean, I don't know how it actually works, that. but I highly, I highly doubt that that guy runs his own Twitter. Yeah. So, so Painter, you've gotten busted like in uh short clips. No, and... not like that. No, yeah, mean, that's I what you said. I meant, I meant said, forgetting that I'm on the one account. <laughs> and so I'll like start watching stories and remember I'm on the B2P account. I'm like, wait, this isn't the right account. I got to switch accounts. I've been like in big booty twerking videos. <laughs> we there was a there was a, a principal at one of the high schools here that got caught with that, and he got fired like almost immediately after because it was not a good bad look. stuff. Tough look, that's a tough look. Yeah, not a good look in Omaha, Nebraska. 
Um, it was out in Bennington, one of the little hick, hick towns. Do you guys have any hockey things you want to talk about, news? No? Okay, Got good. Sick <laughs> hockey, po- hockey podcast, good. Nothing. Good. Uh, I do have another topic to bring up. Um, and I'm just going to read it verbatim from what I wrote it in the moment. There's nothing worse than going to lunch to a spot that has something you absolutely love. Like every time you go there, like I'm a big uh, get the same thing. So I'm never disappointed because so. if I'm going to spend money, I want to enjoy what I, I want. But uh, I also have people around me that say, hey, like you eat like a child, blah, blah. Why don't you try new things? Your palate's soft. You're a loser. And I got there and I'm starving, like absolutely starving fucking like i could eat a cow and i'm excited to eat and i tried something new which this is at noodles and co i tried those tortellinis oh. which in my mind i oh, should have yeah. said that doesn't make you're not getting tortellinis from noodles and co but i said oh, we'll give it a try and uh it literally was so bad i almost stopped eating it and just left like i wasn't going to complain anybody because i made my decision and it's not their fault that they made what i had ordered but it was so bad and not what I wanted either. A penne rosa or buttered noodles with grilled penne chicken. Penne rosa, dude. Oh, so good. So That's good. So good. And uh, I've never, I couldn't have been more upset, but like, I can't be upset with anyone other than myself. Right. Yeah, dude. I, and I think, it, and I'm just going to piggyback off noodles. I remember I used to always get like Mac and cheese there just because whatever so it was good. like, OG. It's good and then, though. I started getting the Penarosa and I have not stopped getting Penarosa. And now there's like the, and this is obviously these mac and cheese have been out there for like probably a year or two now, but there's like all the new mac and cheeses where it's like barbecue mac or buffalo mac and this yeah, and that. that. And like, I'm like, ah, I really want to get one of those. And, the, and I'm just so scared too, because literally what you just described is my fear. I'm going to get one of these like mac and cheeses and I'm just going to want to like, jump off bridge because i didn't get panerosa and i know i like panerosa yeah yeah it's kind of scary um i got two other things before we get kick it off into the big one um actually we'll just go with the one so you know uh, i'm a bit of a head case for a lot of people that don't know that i think a lot of people do but for those you know listening that don't know i am a bit of a head case and uh evan i don't know if you've ever done this before but uh Sometimes when I'm sitting in my car before I got to go do something like somewhat important or it's something I've kind of been like working towards, um, uh, whatever, something I got to get pumped up for. I'll sit in the car with the volume like really up on my radio and I'll start screaming at myself like how I need to be like, just don't fuck this up or like you got to be good today. Like if there was ever a day to be on ever, today's a day to be on. And today before I brought dinner in the house, I was screaming at myself in my car. Um, how I just like, if there was ever a day to date to be on ever today's that day. So do you, have you guys ever experienced anything like that? No, I think okay. I've felt, I've felt the same thing. I don't know if I've ever like sat there and screamed at myself, but, but like every now and then when I'm, I get like super overstimulated sometimes just like noise and like stuff going on around me. I, I literally, <laughs> I literally will drive around. And I don't even notice I'm doing it. I think just naturally my body does it because it's like you can't hear anything right now. I'll I'll drive around with the radio, just everything off. Yeah. And I'll do I'll it, I've legit driven like I remember one time I did it when I was driving down to OSU. Two hours. I did two hours from my doorstep down to OSU. I I didn't listen to music 
one second of my drive or that's, podcast or anything. That's God. terrifying though, because Rhea Rhea can do that too, and I hate I hate that. But anyways, Painter. I don't know. I used to be a, a nut job before games. Like I don't know. I'd like chug a bang and then like just sit there without moving and like stare across the wall in my locker or like down a C four. And those give you like the the caffeine scratches. So I'd yeah. be sitting there like being itchy. My blood's like curling. I'm like, I need to ruin these people's senior night. I hate driving out here. It's 45 minutes. I do that or like I just sit in my locker, like banging my stick on my fore on my helmet, like just sitting there, like slapping myself. Or baseball, I'd look at myself in the mirror and like taking a pee break between innings just like yelling at myself it's like you need to do better like just going crazy yeah i uh i don't know i did that today and i just said don't be a piece of shit um and you just got to be you got to be on today so uh yeah if anyone's looking for a way to kind of really pump themselves up you can you know do that next time you go into your big meeting before you walk into the building or uh or you can have a big day at work or you're going to ask for a promotion. Just scream at yourself a lot in the car. Turn the volume all the way up. Park away from everybody else, obviously. Don't get caught yeah, doing this. Say. You're gonna, you're not going to get that promotion. <laughs> you're not going to get that razor. That deal is not going to go through for you. But, uh, but yeah, like sometimes when I get to work even, like yeah, if I know it's going to be a real busy day, like let's give myself a quick pack talk and talk about how like, hey, you got to be fucking on today, buddy. You got to be on. We got firing on all cylinders. We're going to get bucks in deep. And uh, and then you rip your Tims and then you go about your day. So, awesome um, slip knot on, bang my head in my steering wheel, get going. <laughs> yeah, painter. That's that's <laughs> part for the course. I like it. Um, final thoughts. Anything before we go into the big one? The big one. I like it. Shout I mean, out Max Milosek gave yeah. me the follow back after this most recent Lions win. Oh, nice! Yeah, he'll, he'll do anything for a Lions dude. with a Lions fan, dude. Him and uh, him and Gwilly, like I, I just know every week I'll, I'll get at least like three things across my feed, whether it's Twitter, or Instagram. Him and Gwilly, just something Detroit Lions. Gwilly, it's the same picture every time. It's the dude, like, like that, like the, like that, like with the, with the hard hat on. Yeah. Did you well, guys see? I don't know. I don't know if you saw it, but there's this. There, there's like a video of a Browns fan, and it was it was like two, it was two weeks ago at uh at at the Cincinnati game, and he's literally just like standing there like this, like he's like dead, and then someone, someone, dude, someone made a compilation. There's like a three minute video of him at games over like the last five years, just out of his mind like that. Like people have so many videos and Barstool Cleveland actually like did a sit down with him. It was one of the funniest oh things. I've ever seen. You got to send I, that I'll, to me. That's hilarious. I will. It's, it's so funny. I'll sauce it to you. Cause he like, he's in full on blackout mode. Uh, oh, and just like lights on, like the caption said lights on. Nobody's fucking home. Yeah. And yeah. He's just, Wow. He stops wow. wobbling to take a yeah. sip of his white claw. Yeah. <laughs> he used so much brain power to like, all right, stop. We need a drink. I'm thirsty. <laughs> so I'm sharing um, the link to it. Anything else? That's it, baby. Questions, comments, Go concerns, lines. things we can do better for next year. Bring on the iceberg, man. Bring on the iceberg, man. 
Well, uh, as you heard, Evan, um, we've got a big guest, but before we cut to him, make sure you like, follow, subscribe, uh, rate the podcast five stars. You can do it on Apple. You can do it on Spotify. We need the love. We'd love the love and we'll give the love back and we'll keep pumping out episodes, new episodes every Wednesday, uh, 8 a.m. Uh, and that's all from, uh, from the intro. So we're going to kick it over to Mr. Jimmy Howard. We'll see you after. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and all those goalies all around the world, thank you for turning in to another episode of Between Two Posts. I'm super excited about this one. We have a very, extremely, very special guest. He was a second-round draft pick. He has over 543 games played in the National Hockey League, 246 wins. He was a two-time NHL All-Star. He was on Team USA for the 2014 Olympic Games, over 15 years pro, now he's an assistant coach for the Little Caesars 2011 hockey team, an analyst for the Bally Sports and Detroit Red Wings broadcast team. It is James Howard III, a.k.a. Jimmy, a.k.a. Howie. Howie, how are you, bud? Oh, man, I'm good. Just busy, like we were talking about earlier with uh, minor hockey and uh, being a dad and throwing in a little bit of the analyst stuff. Yeah. So... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm staying busy. <clears throat> I don't have many nights off or, you know, from hockey at the moment, which is, which is nice. So I get my fix that way. Isn't it incredible? You went from living it every day and playing it to like you retire and then you still live it, but now it's through your kids and coaching and trying to like manage the team and get parents and everything ready to go. Uh, yeah, it's completely a different dynamic. Like, just had to worry about myself during my playing days, right? My myself and my teammates, and well, primarily myself, to make sure I was playing the the way I was capable of playing. But uh, um, you know, now it's now it's all about the kids. Yeah. And giving back, to, it's all about the kiddos. Um. No, yeah, we appreciate you doing that. And, you know, like a great mind like yours, you got to get out there and you got to give back. You got to teach them how to do it, right? Yeah, and that's uh, that's the one thing. Like, I, I never, I don't know, I did, wasn't really fond of getting into coaching after. I wanted to more enjoy watching them play. But then, <laughs> but then I just, I couldn't get away. I just couldn't get away from it. So it ended up like, um, what was it? Almost, yeah, two years ago, the head coaching job was, it, it opened up for James when he was playing for OJG at the time. And they're like, man, all the parents and the coaches at the time were like, you got to be the head coach. You got to be the head coach. And I was like, fine, I'll be the head coach, but I'm not doing any of the scheduling. I'm not doing any of the hotel stuff, any of the miscellaneous stuff that goes into, you know, they're like, like, okay, please, 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 please. I'm like, I will worry about everything on ice, but I am not doing everything that's behind the scenes. Hey, you know and what? That's you, where it started. You you got to yeah. set your boundaries and look where you are. It all worked out, right? Now you're now you're still coaching and you're still a part of it. <laughs> yeah, I'm still a part of it, and I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Sounds like you got a hell of a team manager there. Uh, yeah, she does. Uh, she does a good job now that uh, you know we switched over. Obviously, to Little Caesars after getting hounded for the better part of a year to come over there. So uh, yeah, so now the, both my two older boys play within that or within that hockey organization. So it's been good so far. Yeah, you did. You did give me a laugh the one time when you came out to the factory and you explained how like everybody with the Red Wings wasn't necessarily thrilled that you weren't with the uh, Little Caesars at the time. So. 
probably better you made the switch, huh? Oh yeah, I, I was constantly getting <laughs> phone calls from, from guys, past players, Drapes, Oz, Malt, Rolston, like all they're constantly calling. When are you coming over? When are you coming over? I was like, just give me time. I like I'm like I just retired. I just I want to make sure my boys are are ready because it it is it is a different uh, dynamic playing under, you know, the little Caesars uh, banner. It's uh, because with little Caesars, you know, it's synonymous with the wings and the city of Detroit. Yeah. Like everyone knows where you're from. They don't even have to read the bag. They can just see the orange bag, yeah. and they know who you are walking in. So it's uh, it's a little bit of a different dynamic in that way. But uh, you know, both my boys are enjoying it, especially my oldest James. Um, you know, just because he gets to he gets to go where dad worked. You know, for for well several years. Um, you know, down to the LCA at the Belfort. So he thoroughly enjoys that. That's awesome. Um, well, Howie, let's kick off, you know, let's get into this. I want to talk a little bit more about you and everything, all the cool shit that you got to do. But we always start every episode with a this or that. So it's real quick, rapid fire. Uh, Tim's or Starbucks? Starbucks. Little Caesars or Jets? You can put me on the spot, Little Caesars. <laughs> He's got a gun to his head. Yeah, I'm sweaty. Fire me up. Um, Maury Povich show or Jerry Springer show? Ooh, Maury. Okay, I like it. Um, yeah, my mom always watches. So, well, the nice part about Maury is like Jerry had the wild stuff and the the pole for dancing, but Maury had the "You're Not the Father" camera where they mm-hmm. changed it down the hallway. It's like it's live <laughs> yeah. action. That's it, it was. It, I mean, either one. You can't go wrong with either yeah. one. That's good shit. Um, what do you call what you wear? A mask, a goalie mask, or a goalie helmet? Goalie mask. Nice. Uh, this one's a good one. Black bears or pioneers? Black bears. <laughs> Always. <laughs> Craft beers or wine? Uh, wine. Okay. Uh, Maine. Or Michigan? Michigan. Wow. Uh, and last one, LCA, Little Caesars Arena, or the Joe? The Joe. Joe. Every time. Every time you yeah, take Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even think that one's a question. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not even right. I mean, eventually it could be the LCA once there's, you know, it has its own history. But, you know, being able to play at the Joe, practice there, like it was – it was so special. The character that that building had, and like Scotty's talked about this too, like when you when the wings were buzzing for those met that long amount of time, you'd go down to a wings game and you'd see everybody. You'd see friends. You'd run into people that you didn't even know were going to be there, and it was like the Joe was it. Um, so I do uh, I do have a bone to pick with you, Howie, uh, being an American-born goaltender, having gone through the program and having, you know, a, uh, your boys are playing hockey and, you know, Louie's going to mm-hmm. slowly get into it. USA goaltending has a thing called 51 and 30. Um, and from what I understand, you don't want any of your kids playing goalie. Like, how, we got to support the position here, brother. Come on now. <laughs> no, I think it's because we lived here. If we would have set up shop, I think, somewhere else, I think I wouldn't have had, you know, as much of an issue with uh, with them being goalies. But since Michigan is our home now, all four kids, you know, were born here. 
I didn't want this added pressure with Howard on the back of their jerseys. That's uh, true. Them being goalies and trying to trying to you know live in my shadow basically because like it'd be unfair to them because they would always be getting compared to me. Mm-hmm. Even if they're even if they're their own player in their in their right way, like they would still always get compared to me, and that. I never thought that was, you know, a fair situation. Plus, I convinced them it's a lot better to score goals. <laughs> it's a good sell. And actually, you know what, Howie, from our standpoint, from being on the outside, like, we, that's a great perspective that we've never had because, you know, like all the friends that we share and people that talk, mm-hmm. it's like, man, like, Howie's got to at least have, like, one goalie. But thinking about, you know, what you said, like, people around here and, if all things go well and they end up going to play triple A and they're getting, you know, drafted for junior, whether it's major, like U S junior, like you get the scrutiny of, well, he's, you know, he's Jimmy Howard's kid. He needs to do this. Yeah. To do that. Because you do bring up the point where like, I saw when Messi won, like he had his family and stuff around him. Right. And his kids, what the hell do those kids go up to do? Like they, you can't play soccer because if you're not like no. the world's greatest, <laughs> what do you do? Right. <laughs> Exactly. Like they'll always be compared to dad. So like that was one thing. Like I didn't want them to be goalies because because of that. And I told my wife Rachel, I was like, I don't want them to be goalies, especially where we live. Like if you live in this hockey bubble in the state of Michigan, like triple A is king. There's something about it where Parents want to have that sticker on the back of their vehicle, right? That says AAA <laughs> hockey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and I just think you know I I've been around the game enough for a long time that I've seen the not so pretty part of our game, right? Yeah, and that's parents. Yeah. So, like my boys, like they get scrutinized enough. They didn't. They didn't need the extra pressure on them as well. Yeah, I guess. No, I mean, it makes total sense. And like you said, like we speak pretty candidly about it here, like dealing with parents and especially like hockey parents in general are tough. But when you go to that triple A level along with the hockey, like everything fucking escalates and it's just so much more intense. But that was one of the, the the bumper sticker on the back of the car take is one of the best takes I've ever heard in my life. Like that 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 just describes AAA hockey to a T. Yeah, because it's like it's happened. I mean, it's happened in the past where you're probably like, you know, your kid would benefit a lot more from playing the AA level, getting puck touches, getting their confidence up, and everything like that. What do they do the next day? They go Sign to the next AAA AAA contract. Yeah. 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 And the, that kid who's a borderline double A kid that goes to that triple A team, are they going to be like a top three forward or top two defenseman? No, those, those kids are like your borderline, no. your bubble kids, right? So now you're not going to get puck touches. Yeah. You're not going to get minutes. You're not going to spe- see special teams. And turning into a bench kid at 12 years old, what's what was the point, right? Just there so your parents no could point. say, oh, he wears the orange and blue oh, yeah. or he's at CompuWare or, you know, whatever team, so. Wherever team he is. Yeah, now my kid plays for Beltire AAA. Like, it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's just like, yeah. It's tough. It's one of those things. But anyways. Well, you know, we could, yeah, we could go for all day about that. Well, I it could, guarantee we could that. go all night with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I figure we might as well talk about some hockey. And actually, that I, I completely forgot. 
and I can't believe I forgot until I started looking, uh, just like doing my research or whatever. But uh, you and me share, you and me share a uh, share a junior alma mater. Uh, I played for Canada, my uh, Canada Lasers, my 19 year old year, and I I forgot you did that. Was uh, what was that like? Why why did you end up there? Like, was there anything behind it, or was it just you were a kid from upstate New York, and that was kind of the easiest route for you? I can't like I can't really remember why I wound up there. I can't remember if there was a draft for back then it was the Central Junior Hockey League or not. For some reason I want to say there was, and I was playing in Westport Junior B at the time. I played the two years before that. Um, you know, prior to joining the uh Canada, Canada Valley Lasers. So I think for some reason I want to say they had my rights, but I can't I, I don't remember. So because I remember but, going to I remember going to Pembroke's camp, but then all of a sudden I was just on Kanata. I don't know. Yeah. I can't I can't I can't remember. I, I apologize. Like I can't remember why it was Kanata, but uh yeah, I spent one year there until I was actually going to the OHL until the day I was signing my contract with the Peterborough Pete, the US program called. So I was really? there in Canada for a year. Yeah. So what year was that? Uh, that was 2000, 2001. Wow. Yeah. Because yeah, I graduated in 2002 and I was at the program. Well, that's just, I, that's crazy. Like how it worked out with, you know, 12th hour, or 24th hour, whatever you want to call it, like about signing the OHL and then the program just comes knocking. Like that's uh. That's yeah, it could, have been exactly a it could have been a completely different path. Who called you Hopefully, from the program, Howie? It was uh, Ken Martell called, and then like an hour later, Mike Eves called. Wow. And, like I was, and I was seriously, guys. Like when I say, like I was signing in the OHL, like the contract was on my table. <laughs> The peer, I don't remember this. My dad says he remembers it very well because we both got scolded. But I think I was so excited about joining the, the U.S. program that I kind of blocked this out. But uh, the general manager, the assistant general manager, and the head coach at the time hopped in their car and drove three and a half hours to my front door to get me to sign the contract. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They <laughs> hopped in the car and drove three and a half hours that afternoon and get me to sign it. And uh, my dad said, like, we took a pretty, you know, big tongue lashing from from all of them. And uh, to this day, I don't remember that either. I don't know why. I think it was because I was so excited to join the U.S. program and get to wear the USA jersey every single time. I was just I I had. I had thoughts of that possibly happening, but then, you know, not hearing from them for so long, I was like, well, maybe it's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like, phone rings, and I was like, holy cow, talk about timing. <laughs> and at that point, it was a no-brainer because I grew up 20 minutes from St. Lawrence, 30 minutes from Clarkson. So I grew up around college hockey. I yeah. wanted to play college hockey. And the chance to get to wear the USA jersey across my chest every single day, I was like, Dad, this is a no-brainer. Like, I'm going to the program. 
Did you like, have any talks though with like any like USHL teams at that time? Was anyone calling to like keep you on that college? Uh, yeah, Cedar Rapids owned my rights, but uh, like back then, like the USHL, it was still in, in its infant stage. Yeah, it's not what the USHL is it's today. Not yeah. what it is today. Like it was still young. Like it was. Like that league was, had just like started and was catching its steam that you know what it is now. Um, so I really didn't know much about it being from upstate New York. Yeah, because you don't and have any see, access out east like that. No. Yeah. No access. Like I and just found out a couple of years ago what the hell the brick tournament is, is and that's <laughs> been going on for years. So like where I grew up, where I grew up, there was there was none of this like triple A, double A. They have it now, but uh, there was none of this. So like it was all new to me. Um, and like the USHL, like I got drafted into the USHL, but I really didn't know much about the USHL because we live so close to Canada. You you know you get the Canadian news and everything like that. Yeah. You know on your um, on your local uh, TV stations. So. Like you knew more of what was going on across the across the border there. Yeah, and especially with you guys being where you're at, you got Kingston, like Toronto. Obviously, you might be getting news on Ottawa 67s, like the always. Yeah, like the all o. like, yeah, like all those teams. Like I knew more about the OHL than I did about the US program and the USHL at that time because uh, the proximity I lived in um, in New York State to Canada. Yeah. Now I knew about the ECAC because of St. Lawrence and Clarkson, but you know it wasn't until they had the Frozen Four on ESPN where you get to watch like other teams play mm -hmm. from college hockey. So, um, yeah. So it was. I knew I wanted, but I knew I wanted to play college hockey. So going to the U.S. program made sense. Was, like made total sense to me. Yeah, that's crazy, man. We were minutes away from getting a different version of Jimmy Howard. <laughs> yeah, a different story. Hopefully the same outcome, but who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, there's another thing I got to ask about you, uh, and I learned this from the kids, Henry and Lola. Is it true that when you get on the when you would get on the ice to go to a goalie skate or a practice or anything like that, once you peg the net, you jump on the left and right side of the back bottom part of this the like the net the steel that is totally false i asked henry where he got that from yesterday <laughs> henry <laughs> asked me about it yesterday henry was like no you did that coach coach rob told me i was like no i never did and i i did i, just, I tried to push it put some pressure on him because i'm like henry if i get howie on the pod finally and i ask him this and he tells me no i'm gonna look like an idiot and he just looked really nervous at me he's like i'll go find out and i was like well you gotta find out soon because this is gonna happen <laughs> yeah he came up and asked me yesterday um i saw him yesterday afternoon and he brought it right up to me so you jumped on the back of the knot right i'm like what do, you, what do you mean i jumped on the back of the knot yeah after you set the pegs like you used to jump on the back of the net to make sure they're in i was like uh no <laughs> no, no, buddy. Never, never jumped on the back of the net. Well, thanks for straightening that out because it was classic. We went to go set up for a game. You know, the ref put the pegs in. The kids are kind of warming up. He cuts his crease. And I look away and I'm talking to some of the coaches and I hear somebody jumping. And I'm like, 
what the hell's that sound? I look out of the ice and Henry's doing it. He's jumping on the thing. And then he comes over and he looks at, at me and his dad. And he goes, Hey, I think I chipped my steel. Can, can we get the extra set in there? I'm like, they're, they're about to drop the puck, man. You, you're out yeah. of luck. So. Yeah. That, I would never jump on the net because, Hey, it's steel. Right? Like, uh, no, steel, I don't, I, steel. Um, don't know. Don't know where that rumor came from. All right. Well, at least we can we we aired it out. You know what? And we yes. the air. No one else can spread. You know, put mustard on your sweater. So, no. Um, uh, Howie, I did want to. I had. A, I'm curious because you know, I'm a huge Detroit guy because I grew up here. But obviously now with what I do, I'm a Vaughn guy more than anything else in the world. But yeah. uh, transitioning from the Joe to Little Caesar Arena, we kind of dipped into that a little bit. But what was that like? Because my favorite thing that I ever saw when I was a kid watching with you and you were doing a, a post game or some sort of interview maybe after practice and fucking like Gordy Howe turned the corner and you were still talking facing right he's coming in on the left and like he gets to talk to you and like back then at the Joe those guys would roll in all the time the history the time. everything that the Joe had like yeah it was it was an older building that wasn't state-of-the-art like everything else new being built but the character and the history and everything that was in those walls was incredible. Mm -hmm. It really was. And like whenever Mr. Howe was in town, he would always come down into the room and it was always special. And it wouldn't be, you know, just a quick, you know, stop in, say hello, wave and leave peace out. No, it was nothing like that. He would go from guy to guy. And Mr. And Mr. Lindsay was the same way. Like it wasn't, anything out of the ordinary for him to show up one morning, you know, practice, whether, whether we're going, you know, we're rolling or we're in a little bit of a downstretch. Like he would just show up and he would go from stall to stall. This is Mr. Lindsay as well. And strike up a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't even about hockey. Yeah. Like, he would be, you know, thoroughly interested And in how's the family life? How are the kids? Like, you know, how so-and-so, like, he would ask Nick all the time about his four boys. Or, um, you know, examples, you know, Drapes, he'd ask about uh, his kids. And he would go and he would, you know, talk about families. He wouldn't talk really much about hockey. Um, with the younger guys, he would walk around and introduce himself to them all. And it was... And it was really special. You know, now, obviously, over the last couple of years with the pandemic and everything, it's kind of changed everything a lot. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, it's still it's still kind of like that. Like, when the 96, 97, was it the 97, 98 teams? Yeah, 97, yeah. 98 teams were, were in town not too long ago. Like, they were all down there in the dressing room after, like, it, it, they still they still have you know that uh that history but it's just not this it's not the same yeah like the joe the joe was so intimate mm -hmm. right like it was it, it had a different aura about itself like now we have all the amenities and everything like whatever you need is right there at the lca yeah. Uh, you forget to eat breakfast. All right, that's fine. You know, I'll, I'll just, you know what, you know what, babe, I'll just grab breakfast down at the rink. Yeah. You know, like, her, <laughs> like, they've got everything that these guys need down there to hell, even the trainers, the equipment guys, they've got beds. Yeah. 
you know, for when they get in late. And I've even slept in them before, like in the preseason, instead of driving back and forth from um, the house down to the rink, back to the house, to the airport, go play a game. I just stay at the rink. Yeah. And I'd be like, Jar, Jar, I'm using your bed from <laughs> two to three. Make sure I'm up at three. <laughs> don't don't let plane. the team forget me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, don't forget I'm in here because it's so dark, like in the in that room, like you can sleep for hours. So yeah. I was like, don't forget that I'm in here and come get me if I sleep through my alarm. Yeah. So, um. So like they, but they legit have everything, and that's and that's great. It's what you need to have a successful organization now. But, uh, um, but there's just so much more going on with, at the LCA. Mm-hmm. Like when the game's going on, like the concourses are still packed. Yeah. Well, yeah, they got right? all those bars set up now too, where you can yeah. kind of watch the game. You go to like the Labat Blue place, you get a couple beers, and you can sit, stand, and just watch the game from there. Yeah. Where so many people are cycling around, and I think it's a little different because, like, I always try. We talk about like, oh, is this gonna, is this episode gonna hit? Is this gonna do well? Like, did we ramble on too much? But the the hockey player versus the fan, we all have different experiences, right? Mm-hmm. So now for the fan, you go to that rink and you're like, wow, you look at all the escalators, you look at all the historic, the jerseys, the stick, the Gordie yeah. Howell like statue. Like there's a lot of cool there's, shit in there. So I think there's for the fan, so it's much great. going on, right? And like the LCA, it's still like kind of in its honeymoon stage. Yeah. There's still people going there for their first time. Yeah. So when they get there, they want to they want to experience the entire thing. And that's fine. Yeah, that's fine, but there's there's just so much going on, right? That mm-hmm. it's it almost takes away like from the game where you're there. Yeah, for. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I mean, it, it, you talk about like when you get to see guys, and we're very fortunate being in you know an original six city, uh, <laughs> and having guys like that, Mister Howe and you know Ted Lindsay coming through, and you think too like they they fucking built hockey. Like that was, yeah. this is the NHL in its infancies, you know, Terry Sawchuk, things like that. Like historic people came through here and wore, you know, the sweater. So I don't know. I think that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, talk about a part of history, like Mr. Lindsay, he started the PDA. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, that is a big moment like that. All these kids should know about Mr. Lindsay. Is That's that literally why guys are getting paid the way they are now. Yeah. yeah. He started this union. Yeah. Like, talk about putting your touch on the game. He was an unbelievable player in his own right, but I would say that that is probably even more special. And, you know, it's why the game is the way it is now and why guys get paid so handsomely for it. Yep. 100%. Um. No, Howie, you know, we try not to, we don't want to break down how you read plays or anything like that, but <laughs> I was Googling and YouTube and some clips on you. And before you went to the Olympics for 14, uh, you guys had a game against LA and Detroit and there was a drive, a net drive. Clifford's, you know, loses his feet. He crashes into you. I think there's a whistle and you just start feeding it to him. That all kind of dissolves. <laughs> yeah, you just you drove his face into the ice and said, "Hey, like this." And then, uh, and then as you're, I think it goes into a TV timeout. You're exiting and you bump into Quick, and you know, like I've seen clips of Quickie. We all have. We're like, he's not one to back down on anything. And you guys had some words. Is there any chance you remember anything that was said there? 
I said nothing because I was so tired from wrestling <laughs> with Clifford. And then I think it was it was either Richard. I think yeah, it was Richard's in the corner. By the time Quickie chest bumped me there, I was out of breath. But I didn't say anything. It was all Quickie talking. We're gonna take a real quick break from the show to talk about one of our presenting uh, sponsors here, and that is Easy Crease. Take your goaltending development to the next level by giving your goalies a crease every drill, as they should have. I'm sure you remember when you were a kid, you're doing half ice stuff, and you have no idea where you're at. You're lost, no man's land, wrong turn at Albuquerque, you know, stuff like that. Easy Crease quickly and easily gives goalies a crease anywhere on the ice. It works great for small area games, goalie clinics, or just anytime your goalie doesn't have a crease. Be sure to order now at www.easycrease.com, spelled exactly how it sounds, or check them out on Amazon. Back to the show. <laughs> that was, I, and I don't even remember what he was saying. I was just trying to get to the bed to get some water. He's trying to suck in there. He's just screaming at you. What the fuck oh, are you yeah, doing out there? You can't touch my guys like that, Howie. What are you doing? What are you doing? And like we laughed about it after the game, obviously. <laughs> like we were like we were buddies. Like we were roommates at the orientation camp for uh, for the Olympics and everything like that. So, you know, we so we had some fun together. Um, that, you know, in Arlington, but. Uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah, that was all quickie. No, I couldn't. I couldn't talk. I was breathing so heavy. I was breathing when he chest bumped me. I, I almost fell over. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh man, no. But quickie, if no, I, remember, I can't do it. I need I, oxygen. <laughs> if I remember correctly, what I think set me off was it wasn't the first time I had gone run into that game, yeah. and I was never and I was never a big fan. Of when guys came in with their skate blades up. Yeah. Oh. It's dangerous. Like it's so dangerous. Like you can you can come crashing in and have your skate blades down. I won't do anything. But it's when guys like intentionally whether they're trying to protect themselves or or whatever it was, you get those skate blades up, like there's spots on our equipment where we're not like we're not protected just like players that can do some serious damage. So I was never a fan when guys came into me with their skate blades up. Yeah. And you, I mean, you even look at freak accidents, like, and this is a different setting, mm -hmm. but like what happened at Kane is like, like, yeah, like that it's scary shit. And you never want to see that. You know, we obviously know like what happened to Kirk McLean and or not Kirk. Um, Sorry. Malarchuk. Malarchuk. Yeah. Malarchuk. Like that's, that's scary shit. Um, yeah. Like want... to me, it's still amazing that you can carry on a pair of hockey skates onto a plane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, hold on. Here. Those, these are like weapons, like those blades, the way they're sharpened. Yeah. And you could happy Gilmore somebody and you turn them into a weapon real quick. Yeah. <laughs> skates on hands. Um, I, rolling with the same thing. Do you remember what you said to Crosby when you, you know, you face washed him? No, that was so long ago. <laughs> I remember watching <laughs> that as a kid because, like, growing up in Detroit as a fan, Pittsburgh was the worst thing. Sidney Crosby was the worst thing to ever come into town and, like, come play. Mm -hmm. So, like, when you saw you, you gave him the business and you gave him the face, face wash with the glove, I just remember going nuts, screaming at my TV, like, oh, yeah, this is it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was uh I mean that was just all heat of the heat of the moment, oh, heat of the battle. Like 
how many cross checks is he allowed to give Sederberg before some somebody does something sort of thing? Somebody's got to stand right? up for so, their players, Howie, right? Yeah, somebody's got to stand up. He was was he Nick still playing? Or was he captain? No, I, I don't know. It was a long. No, I think Nick was still playing. So he was. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't back down either. I mean, Clifford, that guy was a heavyweight. Crosby, I mean, that guy's Crosby. Yeah, but you I'm don't also back down from anyone. <laughs> I'm pretty, I'm pretty protected. Like, and you know, guys are, guys are going to be coming eventually. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> guys are definitely, the guys are definitely going to come to your aid. Those years when you had Bert, like, oh yeah, somebody's coming. Somebody's, gonna come Somebody, help me somebody's out. coming to help out. <laughs> Someone's coming to help out. Oh man. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit was uh, you played for Jeff Blaschel and you had Babcock for a majority of the years with Detroit, mm -hmm. obviously two <laughs> lightly putting it very different coaching styles there. Um, what was that adjustment like and transition in terms of like, cause that new head coach culture changes teams kind of in a different transition, you know, like, was it big for you or were you just kind of focused on, Hey, like I got to go in here and do the same thing. Just stop pucks. I, yeah, the coaching change, didn't really affect me all that much because at the end of the day, what's my job? Stop the puck, right? Yep. Um, you know, that's more that's more of a change like for you know, forwards in the in your defense because uh, you know, all the system changes. Like the only thing like I would be, you know, I'd be in the meetings for like penalty kill, um, you know, and, and stuff like that where you're learning, but Everyone, everyone has a pretty similar coaching style, right? Yeah. I, in terms of systems wise, I should say, no, because they they were completely different human beings. <laughs> yeah, human <laughs> human wise, yeah. okay. at least. Let, let's let's get that let's get that out there. They were completely two different human beings. Like, but the thing with Babs was is he did a great job of preparing us. Um, he actually was a great coach in that aspect of how well we were prepared for, you know, any situation that, you know, would arise on uh, out on the ice. Uh, like, um, you know, his preparation was, was second to none. Um, not saying, you know, that, that Blash was as, as well, but it's always, you find in sports, not just in hockey, but sports in general, after, you know, that first guy who takes over for, you know, that sort of legendary coach always has a rough time, right? Oh, yeah. Because it's never what always he never. was, right? Those yeah, big shoes. Like, look, we'll just we'll stick with Detroit here. Look, when Scotty left, Dave Lewis, like, they had good teams. They just didn't have success in the postseason where they, they ran into hot goalies. Yeah. Right? So, yeah. um, you know, and then all of a sudden – Dave's no longer a head coach, right? And then Babs comes in and, you know, takes him to the Stanley Cup in 08 and then takes him again to the finals in 09. So, you know, then Blash comes in. Like, that's, that's always, you know, a tough situation, especially, you know, coming in after a coach that's had, you know, so much success. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right? They, so They leave big you, shoes and it's tough to fill. Yeah. And, like, and – it's the same old, same old, like Blash was always getting compared to, to uh, Babs. Yeah. And, you know, it was kind of like the media just didn't let him be Jeff Blashill, who's, you know, had success at every single level that he's been a head coach at. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, it was sort of unfair. And plus, 
you know, we, we were starting to slide too. <laughs> like, you know, guys were retiring, you know, that had been, you know, Red Wing greats for, for a long time. And, um, you know, it I mean, just, Hall of uh, Famers, right? yeah, Hall of Famers and guys were retiring and, uh, yeah, it's just, it was basically the perfect, perfect storm here. Yeah. I mean, the thing though, that, you know, having been here and, you know, witnessing and being in the hockey world and seeing what goes on, like the thing is you can't be great for forever as a team, as an organization, oh. as a pro football, baseball, whatever, you cannot be great forever because there's a, a, a time clock on your guys in terms of age injury yeah. and then money runs out right like yeah. you can only spend so much and you know obviously there were some deals that you know a lot of people might not have been happy about but at the time that's probably the right move to make and you know guys were winning cups and you take care of those guys that's just the way way she goes so yeah it yeah happens. it's just yeah it's every every organization unfortunately after you've had years of success eventually they have to go through it because what are you doing in that time frame is you know you're 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 probably trading away picks yeah and the only way to build now is with picks you mm-hmm. got to build within the from the draft and build you know your ahl and you know then then they slowly all those kids start to graduate to the nhl and then you know, you're back on, on the winning side of things. So it always takes time. And what happens is what you see happens is that the cupboards just become bare. Yep. And you gotta, and you gotta, and you gotta somehow restock them. And that's what (laughs) takes, and that's what takes time with. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a rebuild uh, and we're going through it, but they'll figure it out. Um, Howie, I read an excerpt from your Wikipedia page. And it goes as this. Uh, oh, if it's on Wiki, it's got to be true, right? Oh no, no, this one's <laughs> definitely true. And I, I just, I want to talk about this a little bit. Um, Jimmy Howard led the Black Hawk or Black Bears, excuse me. Jimmy Howard led the Black Bears to the 2003-2004 Frozen Four Championship game. Unfortunately, losing one nothing to the University of Denver. Um, I know where this is going. Fun story about this. We talked about it before when I was making my my uh, my uh, notes for the show. Um, obviously, you know you competed against Devin uh, Denver's pioneer Adam Burkle, who yep. you know, works with us amongst the office. And you guys had a goalie battle, like a fucking duel, to go one nothing. And uh, I, how was there like two overtimes or something like that? No, they beat us in regulation. Regulation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a goalie standoff. And then uh, you guys eventually, you know, ha- he went to Atlanta and then wound up and, you know, you went to uh, to Detroit a little bit later and you guys crossed paths in Grand Rapids. And then you went on to play how many years of pro hockey and Adam works in the office with us. So I think uh, not having an NCAA championship kind of is tough, but having 15 years pro in the NHL, not bad, right? No, I'm not bad. It's a I uh, I would still like to have that NCAA title. <laughs> I really would though. But they got the they got the better of us. What can I say? Like Adam Adam played lights out. And the fact that they won it while killing off a six on three for the final minute and a half of the game. Like it's not it's not like we didn't have chances. Like we had had chances even late to tie it up and I think we had a crossbar and a post and then Berkey made 
Well, Berkey then made, <clears throat> excuse me, an unbelievable glove save. And yeah, that was history. That was back to back, wasn't it? Or was that their first of the back to back? I think that was the first. Yeah. That's just Denver hockey, but, though. Like, but we lost one nothing my sophomore year, too, at OSU. Like, Denver hockey, just shutter D, good defense. But we scored early in that game and it got called off. Called off. And it, changed, and it got in ch- the, uh, and the rules got changed after that, after that year in college hockey about the uh, um, skate being in the crease. He stole the ring right off your finger. Yep, he did. <laughs> I think it's a totally different game in that aspect if we score because that, like, the place just erupted. Like, we're in Boston. Who do you think had the home crowd? I think the whole the entire state of Maine traveled down to Boston for that game. Yeah. But that was probably that was probably the most dejected I felt as a player was getting back to campus the next day after the game and seeing the entire campus set up for the student riots. Yet oh, everything no. was so so clean. Uh. <laughs> like, that was I was like, oh, man, what could have been? Well, isn't Maine one of those schools where, like, the hockey team is the only D1 program and all the other ones are, like, D2 or D3? Nope. That's all, it's all D1 except for the football is Division One AA. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah so I... they're all they're all D1. Hell, the World Series MVP was a University of Maine, the shortstop there for Houston. What was his name? Pena, I think. No. Come on, Evan. You got to know this stuff. Dude, come on. Now. Jeremy Pena. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, you, he went but the... I mean, were you, but the hockey team obviously like ruled the campus. Like you Dominance. guys were the big dogs. Yeah. Um, us. And you know what else is really big at, in the state of Maine is uh, women's basketball. I knew it would be they always small. they always made the tournament back then. Yeah. So it was yeah it was pretty much the women's basketball team and the men's hockey team which paid for all the other athletics. <laughs> well, I can't Someone's chirp because I went room. to I can't chirp. I went to Ohio State. You know who paid for all my stuff? Yeah, football. <laughs> the football team. Yeah. Football team yeah, and then ten so, times over. What's that? Football team and then 10 times over, they covered the whole school. Yeah, I know. I think it's something like two football games at Michigan that covers the uh, the budget there. Oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Fucking insane. The big house. Um. Anyways, Howie, um, Scotty will probably kill me, but he'll never listen to this. So, uh, you know, I don't have to worry about uh, any of the repercussions. But growing up, <laughs> I'm going to admit, and I'd never do this otherwise if I didn't have the show. But when I was a kid and I first saw you go out in P1s when you had your first couple games those first years from Grand Rapids up to the wings, I was a Howie fan. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the way you wore stuff or just your look, but I became a Howie guy. Then the icebergs came out and then you were, you know, up more and you had, <clears throat> excuse me, you stole the starting role and you're playing a lot of games. And the icebergs was a, an icon. It's going to be an iconic look forever. And I was on a different pod. And we were talking about it back in the day, like Kirk McLean stuff, Andy Mogan, Boston, Belfour, like 
different guys back then with gear had Mike Richter, one of your favorites. You remember their stuff to a T, what they had, what they wore. And now today you don't really get that as much because guys are changing so many graphics or they're just wearing the stock stuff from companies, which is not a bad thing. I'm not going to say, um, but that iceberg look will always be, it's an iconic look that I still get calls from kids today, whether they're playing in the null, their AAA, or they're playing D1. Like, hey, can I get the house? I mean, I wore it. <laughs> yeah. I wore it. <laughs> so um, I, it's yeah, one of the, I, I just want to let you know, it's one of the coolest things that we've had in gear in the last like while. It was, it was one of those things like it's, it's tough really to design goalie equipment playing for the Red Wings. You only have two color options, right? Yeah. So I was kind of, I was like, I was talking with Scotty, going back and forth. I'm like, how can I look cool? (laughs) I'm like, I need a different, I was like, I need a different graphic. I don't like the graphic that was on the pad at the moment. So he was sending me stuff. Um, you know, it's my email back then. And then finally he was like, you know what, why don't we do this? And he sent that, he sent that over. I was like, yep, that's the one. He's like, let's go with the iceberg. So your iconic look stems from Scott Hughes. Yep. Yep. He does. He's got to take the credit for it. It wasn't my (laughs) idea to, to do the iceberg. It was, it was, he was like, you know what? What if we go this way? And he, he sent that one over. I was like, yeah, that's that's the one. I love it. We're, well, if that ever ends up in the Hockey Hall of Fame, we're going to put asterisks with Scott Hughes underneath it. <laughs> um, mm. Howie, some of your other shit that was incredible was your outdoor game sets were always great. The masks uh, in Detroit, like we're very fortunate where, you know, back when this was going on, you'd have a Christmas mask, you'd have a breast cancer mask, you'd have a, a couple different ones. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a favorite that stuck out to you? Yeah, it's downstairs. Really? My Yeah, my Winter Classic one. Winter Classic. With the, the big house game. The big house game. Yeah, I remember that one. That was awesome. Yeah, it was kind of a, it was kind of a tribute with the, uh, with the old style wing wheel on the front that sort of looked like the Michigan football helmets or the Michigan helmets in general. Yeah. That's what the, uh, the concept that, uh, you know, I ran with for, for that one. And I was like, let's try and make this without knocking off, you know, the Michigan helmet. Yeah. Let's try and make this like, sort of like, so when people see it, they'd be like, ah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Like, well, I so mean, it's that not was, a knockoff. That's like paying homage to it. Right. Like it's yeah. giving, giving, yeah. you know, giving way to tradition. You have a better vocabulary than me ever. <laughs> Just getting lucky. I only, remember, I only went to Maine, man. I only went to Maine. Yeah, Michigan State, uh, it's pretty on par. Um, <laughs> going through uh, going through that outdoor game at the big house, so, like, holy shit. Like, you talk to anyone from worst, the air. Like- the worst game of my – not yeah, – worst game experience in my life. Because of the snow? Because of how cold it was. Yeah. It oh, was unbearable. Man. Unbearable. It was, <laughs> it was it was terrible. Like because we were playing the Leafs, like all my stuff, all my equipment was frozen by the time the national anthems were over. Like my mask was frozen. Like they had to put before we came to opening face off, like I mean the benches it was like Barbados. Yeah. 
<laughs> like they had those heaters and everything. Everyone's like, oh, I'm nice and toasty. Like I I froze my ass off. Didn't get to drink water pretty much the entire game because oh, water bottles kept, kept oh, freezing within minutes on the uh, on the back of the net. Um, and then, you know, like it took me about two and a half hours to be able to feel my toes after the game. Yeah. 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 That's uh, I never even thought about that. Like, like your hand, like catching a puck in the middle of the palm and your hands just completely frozen gloves, frozen. Yeah, like, that would just kill. like everything, everything just hurt. Like those pucks, like Bernie, like Bernie and I talked about it after and like when, when we became teammates because we faced each other in that game and he was like, yeah, man, I'm with you. It was the worst game ever because it was just so damn cold. Yeah. The one, Did the you? One uh, time, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. Did you like rotate like glove sets for warm ones at like medias or anything like that? Or did you just ride it out? Um, I'm trying to remember. I did have two sets at the time, but like his hands froze still... inside the ones he had on. He couldn't get them off. Yeah, could get them off. <laughs> no, like I, you're still you're still sweating because you're moving and everything, right? Like that. But then, then the play would go down to the other end for a little bit, and then you'd be freezing again. So like, um, yeah, I just remember just being so cold after that game. You should have, uh, you should have pulled the uh, the youth hockey wear the hoodie under all your stuff and let the hood hang out over the jersey. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought I had I had two shirts on a mock, like I I thought I was bundled up, but no, I even had the, you know, like how the how the kids and and players now wear like those those long base layer pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had on a thick pair of those. Really? Yeah, like a pair of like Under Armour ones that are made for cold weather, and I was still freezing. <laughs> That's brutal. And there um, was one, and there was one set of Vaughn pads that I never got to wear. That to this day I wish I would have gone to, but I unfortunately got injury. Was for that Centennial game. Oh In yeah, they they were all silver. And I was like, oh, these are going to look so great. No, nope. injured, knee injury. Got to watch it here in my basement. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, they were the all silvers with that one striper red. And we were like, oh, these SLRs are going to look so sick. So, hey, tough. No, mine didn't, have, mine didn't have this. There, that was the year I went all red. Oh, so the straight red, straight I silver. Just went, yeah, so I went straight silver with just the red uh, lettering on it. Peter had the red stripes. Yeah, that's what it was. But uh, I don't even know where that equipment went. It's pro- Paul probably sold it. Paul <laughs> <laughs> probably sold it. Yeah, I mean, it's I didn't not. To, I didn't get to wear it. Not even for practice. Not far off. Um, Howie Hughes, he gave me a story that I got to ask you. And I don't know. I, are you guys big potato chip fans, Painter boys? No, I'll eat one. You yeah. ever you ever get to the bottom of the bag and you just kind of like you got salt over your hands and you kind of maybe give the bag a little dip and you lick your fingers. I don't know yeah. about that. <laughs> so uh, admit to that. Howie, I heard uh, you, Rachel, and Scotty were out on the road for an autograph signing in uh, Redondo Beach. 
California. Yeah, goalie monkey. Goalie monkey. And uh, back when we used to do those, and you were hanging out at the bar, and you guys were, you know, it was everybody's together, Rachel and Scott and you, hanging out at the bar, just having a couple drinks, cooling down after the the big event. And I heard uh, a nice lady came up to you and said, uh, you look so good, you look like a bag of chips after you get to the bottom of it and you lick out the bag clean. Do you remember that? doesn't that? sound like a compliment to me. No, I, based on the way Scotty said when he was watching from from the oh other other side of the seat, uh, uh, you look like a good bag of potato chips. So, oh my god, where does I? Why can't I remember certain things about the hockey? But I don't remember this stupid shit that happens. Like, oh, like these man. are the stories I wish I could remember. But hell, I know that Berkey made a gloves, an unbelievable glove save with 55 seconds back <laughs> the national championship on, you know, on shield. Like I can pull that right out of my ass, but no, something as funny as that, you think it would stick with me, but I got no recollection of it. I'm going <laughs> to have to up to Rachel and see if she remembers that. At the end of the was, game, you're yeah, a gamer. Was, That's what it is. He said, yeah, because he set that up because we were coming off our, our honeymoon and we had to stop in LAX. So, yeah, Scotty set that all up. And I think probably Scotty wanted to go to LA as well. <laughs> Come on. You got him figured out. You got him pinpointed. Yeah. Somehow you find a trip to LA. Maybe you wind up in Vegas. Oh, no. How'd I end oh, up yeah. here? <laughs> yeah. Um, you guys got anything? Evan Painter. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna ask this like a couple like minute ago or whatever. But do you do you have like a lot of your stuff still? Like, do you have like a little room set up or anything like that of like all your old pads and masks and stuff like that? No, I have. I have two masks. I have <laughs> the Winter Classic one that I had to buy from the Red Wings, and I have my Olympic mask, and that's it. Really? Everything. Everything else, wow. everything that else that I wore for the Red Wings, as soon as I was done wearing it, it went to archives. Really? Yeah. Like Red Wings archives or just? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So all my stuff, like as soon as I was done wearing it, it might hang out in Paul's room, like equipment room for a couple of days. And then it was, it was gone. <laughs> Um, Damn. speaking of gear that you used to have, Howie, a painter, you want to show me your little thing? Which one? Your the, glove, your new glove. Oh, <laughs> your, your child, your child's large jersey from the winter classic. Yeah. My child, <laughs> my child's large. Dude, look at how fucking tight that thing is. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, so uh, when you're wondering piece. where your gear is, Howie, this guy's got some of it. <laughs> yeah, I play against yeah. the guy that has two of your old sets. No way. Well, there you go. He has. Oh, he, he has. He has one of the the SLR sets, and then one of the like later ones. I don't know which one. He always wears the SLRs, the red and white ones. Okay. Um. No, to be honest with these, well, everyone won't be happy about this, but or Scotty, but the only set I have downstairs in the basement is the CCM stuff. Oh, that's oh, tough. Come on, <laughs> it's 
very sad. Man. Oh, that's the goes. Stat. That's the uh, well. No, I do have my Olympic stuff. Oh yeah, the Olympic. I have all my Vaughn Olympic uh, gear, but uh, no, I like. Yeah, the only Red Wing stuff I have left down there are the CCMs. The way, the way it worked though, Moiser, like to give you a better idea. Those last CCMs that are down the basement are the last ones made by Lafay for CCM. So that's kind of bit cool history wise, I guess. Goalie wise, yeah, you got to hang on to those for sure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you ask Scotty or or Mike, he'd probably say, "Hey, the, those would look in the dump." <laughs> no, percent sure. Um, but no, Moiser. The thing, the problem with like <clears throat> in Detroit, we have they not we, they have a really good resale setup. So if it's not even you know going, it's being sold to somebody else or a different person or you know sent to like somebody who runs a, an online store on sideline, they have. <laughs> a bunch of stores where they sell out used stuff. Like I swear every time I go to a wings game or I have to go to LCA for whatever, for a game or a kid's game, when you walk down one of the hallways, they have the gear or uh, like the fan stuff. They got all the jerseys and shit like that, but they have gear in there. And I think they still have a mm-hmm. pair of like Howie's like iceberg gloves up there for sale. So they still, yeah, they, they, yeah. And people buy it. Yeah. I mean, this stuff oh, is yeah. broke. This stuff is broken down. Yeah, but not for a D-League guy who's doing learn-to-play goalie. So. That's true. That's, that's <laughs> that wants true. to be Howie for a day. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I, I got to the point, like, in my career where I was going through so much equipment because I was like, I'm done feeling the puck. I don't want to feel it anymore. <laughs> well, wait. Uh, I don't want to feel it. Hang on, before we get started on that, I've seen that chest protector, the twenty two hundred that was white that turned black. That was the, that was the only thing I wouldn't change. Be, and the reason behind that is because I hated breaking in chest and arms. Yeah, I absolutely. I felt like I just could not move. That thing got patched up so many times; it's not even funny. Like it was, it was white and it was like turning black, but I wouldn't stop wearing it. Yeah, uh, guys, it, this thing was, it started out white with the silver stripes. Like, Evan, oh. boys, you probably had one. By the time, I remember I saw it hung up at, like, when you were, when they were doing that new version of Stralo, and you were there kind of working with, alongside yeah. the kids, and then the next wave of pro USA kids. Uh, and I saw that hung up. I'm like, there's no fucking way he still uses this in the National mm-hmm. Hockey League. <laughs> I never wanted to get rid of it. Like, when they forced this to go smaller is when... I finally, you know, had to make the switch, but I was like, no, Scotty, whatever you have to do to get this thing back up and running, I don't want to wear. I don't care. I was like, I don't care. I was like, I don't care that it's got like it's turning black. Like it's it got washed. Yeah. It yeah, just it, you know what? Like if they put it through the wash, it'd probably just fall apart. So JR was nervous brady and jr were always nervous about putting it through the wash because they knew i'd be pissed if anything ever happened to it because it just it, oh it just fits so good like a glove yeah um, and it all started well it all started with a cup with vaughn but then then eventually scotty got me over that's all all we need is one thing that's all that all you need to yeah. give us uh get our foot in the door that's he all had his foot in the door with a cup 
He actually, he actually, I don't know if he ever told you this, but he actually made a trip out to Maine. Really? Yeah. You remember when Mike was pushing, um, uh, what was it? Epics? So hold on. I, I think I fucking left, I left my backpack up there, but Scotty, Scotty, he's like, Hey, if you're going to do this interview, here's an artifact. And we have files for all of our old players. Like Moiser used to have a file. I do obviously how he does. And he pulled it out. It was one of the first email communications mm -hmm. from, it was from Howie to Scotty. It had the date. It was like July 6th. What was it? 2006 or something like that. 2.54 yeah. PM. I think it was 2005. Maybe five. And how <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy just goes, thanks Scott Hughes for sending the Epic pads period. Um, I tried the pads and every time I'd go down, I would fall on the face period. Even when I adjusted the strapping and would stand up, the pads would not rotate, period. Unfortunately, I did not like these, but thank you so much for sending the Vaughn equipment. Dot, enter, enter, Jimmy. Luckily, I remembered it. That's pretty photogenic. But yeah, that's yeah. And that's where it started, Howie. That was the first communication with Scotty and Vaughn. Yeah. But man, those things, they no, they weren't for me. No, but we found something that was, and then yeah. you ended up being the iceberg guy. Yeah, like it was just at that at that point in time, like that epic pad was just so much different compared to like I was in the CCM blockade. Yeah, I was. Oh in, yeah, uh, like I was, and then after the blockade, I wore um, the CC the the next version. The, uh, what was it? Gatekeeper. Yeah, the gatekeeper. Were the and were right. the blockades still when they were twelve inches wide pads? No, so my equipment was all IIHF approved. So it had to be because I, well, my freshman year I played in the um, World oh, Juniors. So, yeah. yeah, so you had to make sure. And like my sophomore year when they ended up winning the gold medal, I missed that one because of an injury too. So, <laughs> like all my stuff for all my stuff in college was never like guys used to wear stuff that was like off the shelf. Like massive, like I remember, like goalies, like in hockey East, like they would, like their glove looked like a freaking fishing fishing net. It was so big. Yeah, but all all my stuff was all IHF NHL approved because of these tournaments, and I didn't want to at the time make have to make a wear this bigger stuff and then go to the smaller stuff and make adjustments. Yeah. Well, that so and then I when just, you jumped right into the league, you weren't like, "Oh shit, I'm smaller." No, no, like all my stuff was all IIHF approved, and then, like, even when I came out of college and into the pros, that's why you see like cards of me like back in the day, like still in my main stuff because it was all still approved, so there was really no rush to for Paul and Re it was Reebok at the time to send me my stuff. And then you got white, black P ones. <laughs> What's that? And then you got those, uh, the white, red, uh, P one pads. Yep. yep. Yeah. I remember it vividly, uh, versus TV. That's back when we had versus, mm -hmm. um, yeah. Howie, do you have a, any favorite story about Scotty? Oh, I, I, <sighs> God, 
we can always fix it. We can edit it if we have to. No, I, there's there's a couple. I'm just trying to think which one's my favorite. I'll give you two. One of my one of my favorite um, one of my favorite stories about Scotty, but it didn't involve me. It involved Ozzy. Oh, even better. Oh, you, you remember this one? Sky, I wonder if Scotty's ever told you this. So it was back, like, Ozzy was a little bit of an equipment whore. Like, he had he had the Itex, he had the Bryans, he had the Vaughn. And he all had him going at the, at the same time. He couldn't figure out which, which one he was going to wear. So, like, so finally it became time, like... Like Scotty had had Scotty had had enough, and uh, you know, like Paul hadn't. I don't think Paul had paid for the equipment or anything like that. So Scotty drove down to the Joe, grabbed all the equipment, and started walking. <laughs> started walking down the hallway with the with the stuff, and apparently Oz was yelling, running after him, trying to get it back because he still didn't know which which set he he wanted to wear. So that's how he got the nickname Repo. So if you ever hear us like call him Repo, yeah. it's because he came down and repossessed stuff and the bring it back to the factory. Uh, that was that was always one of my favorite stories to hear. Like him going down the hallway, came down and repossessed all the equipment that Ozzy was wearing. Yeah. Um, and that's so back when I first started doing this like six, seven years ago, and I was fresh, you know, uh, a little green behind the ears when I'd go down there. I'm always listening to shit, trying to figure out what people are saying, what, you know, what's going on, really understanding like how to work a room and everything like that. And I'd only known Scott for a little bit, you know, maybe two, two semesters a summer and then like one full year working and everyone's calling repo. I'm like, am I, am I having like a stroke? What, what does that mean? And yeah. it wasn't until like two, three years ago that I asked him like, what is repo? And then I heard the story and like, you know, Ozzy was doing that and he was working with a couple different things and, Scotty had enough and you know like me and Scotty were yeah. passionate guys sometimes you, you you find your drawing point and where you you draw your line in the sand and you say nope this is it and you snap and you, you gotta take care of business so no that's that's fucking <laughs> oh, boy, did he ever oh, I wish I could have been there I really wish I could have been there for that <laughs> like just to see him come down there and grab all the stuff out of Ozzy's stall and then Ozzy trying to chase him down the hallway of the Joe to get his stuff back <laughs> That, that would have been just oh my god that would have been just so much fun Classic. that's what i miss i miss all the soap operas yeah because that's what professional life basically <laughs> is it's like all right what's gonna happen down to down the ring today because it was always something it was always something like uh, that's what i miss it, it's like like it's reality tv yeah <laughs> Like it really is. Like when you're in there, you're like, "Oh my god!" It's just <laughs> it can be it can be brutal when it's your number called. But like, as long as you get to watch from the sidelines, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun! I I miss all the drama, and it's always it's something new every single day. <laughs> That's great. Oh. Uh, but my favorite story, my favorite story of Repo, Scotty. Whatever we want, we had a lot of nicknames for him. Repo. <laughs> um, God. He, the my favorite thing, well, probably about Scotty is how many times 
he was also like my shrink. He wasn't just my, my, like <laughs> the guy that I called up for, for equipment. He also became like, like one of my really good buddies slash confidants where I could call him like in this world of being a goalie, especially here in Detroit, like your world can seem pretty small. Yeah. And he was always, he was always there no matter, well, can't call him past six o'clock at night since his bedtime's like six 30. But, uh, <laughs> you know, first thing in the morning, he was always there whenever I was driving down to the rink and I need to just let off some steam and boy, man, would he hear some good stories? <laughs> Nothing, none, none of that dirty laundry could be, uh, aired on this but uh oh god he heard some some good FUs for me because <laughs> sometimes you just need to let it out right that's it all you gotta uh, do is get it off your chest and once it's yeah. out man you feel like doesn't 100 matter. pounds lighter doesn't matter. doesn't matter who you say it to but like just needed a, a sounding board and, and scotty scotty like throughout my career was was that for me he was he was always there for me that's, That's awesome. why I still go out and visit him. I wish I can get come out a little bit more and visit him. But uh, you know, when you know, you see it when I come out to the factory, it's not just in and out. It's usually somewhere around two, two and a half hours, <laughs> and it's it's a bitch fest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, both ways. Him bitching about stuff, me bitching about stuff. We sound, you know, what we sound like a couple of old old hens just uh, you know hashing it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's what uh we do we we sound like two grumpy old men that's all it is um everett everett this relationship sounds awfully familiar yeah <laughs> <laughs> evan's calling me oh i'm i think i'm getting traded oh yeah i moved get the new spot hey everett i think i'm going again i don't know what's happening <laughs> everett just got just got sent back down <laughs> oh, yeah man. yeah i wouldn't yeah, have it any yeah. other way Yep, two just two grumpy old men. Just that's that's how our conversations always were, and we just be dying laughing doing it too. No one, no one's safe when Scotty and I are together. That's great. Um, Howie, on another subject here, Lions. Are you you you're Lions guy by this point? Or are you a Buffalo Bills guy? No, I, I cheer for the Lions, but my team's the Bills. Okay. Where I mean, I, I want the Lions to have success. Like, yeah. I live here. Like, it's like it's fun. It's mm -hmm. fun, like, when the team's buzzing like this. Not the, you know, what's the same? SOL, same old Lions. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's nice to see, that, like, yeah, we've they've won a World Series. They've won NBA championships here, NHL. But they haven't won a Super Bowl. This city might not be recognizable. Like they might burn this place around. Like it would be an epic, epic parade. Yeah. Incredible. If they could ever figure it out and get it done, like uh it, yeah. I just think it would just be an absolute epic parade of like anything goes. Cause I mean <laughs> It's just a different demographic of fan, right? Like yeah. they fight each other on Sundays down there at Fort Pitt. <laughs> so can you imagine them winning it? It'd be amazing. No, exactly. I, I wouldn't want to partake in the parade or anything like that, but I would love to be from afar watching it. Just to have it in the city. Yeah. Yeah. 
just watching it just being like oh my gosh is this really <laughs> happening right now um i gotta ask because you've been on the backside of you know good and bad media so you've seen it and we were talking about this in an intro i've kind of been you know, bringing it up on a couple different episodes, but about six, seven weeks ago before the streak started and I went to Ford field and then they won and they went on a, you know, we're on a streak now. Um, Got to note that I still remember when they lost and 90, like, you know, 97 one now the Woodward sports, all these different like shit shows. We're just bagging. Dan Campbell's an idiot. He doesn't deserve to be a head coach. How do we get here? Now you have Colin Cowherd, everybody on ESPN, everybody like in Detroit, 97 one and all these channels that talk shit on him. Oh, like, DC's the man, you know, I'd go out there and bleed for that guy. I'd do anything it takes. I'd run through a wall for mm-hmm. him. And it's just like the I I don't know. That's how sports media is, you know, like I you know the way the world works, right? Yeah. Especially sports. Like when you're down, you're gonna get shit on. It's because yeah. it, 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 everyone everyone everyone's gonna nitpick your flaws. But when you're winning, you just you're a hero. like yeah, like you just roll with it because like nothing's being said. Everyone's singing your praises, but you know, like you know, in the snap of fingers, it can all change. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's that old saying: never get too high, never get too low. That I just tried to like with all that from my personal standpoint. I just tried to live in the moment, like whatever was going on. You know, if it was, you know, an off night, bad game, you know, whatever it's, it is what it is. And then, you know, it sort of had the same mentality when it had a good game. So, yeah, I just, just tried to, you know, live in, live in the moment. And if it was good, it was good. If it was bad, it was bad. So be it. It's the nature of the beast. It's, it's, it's pro sports. So, uh, you know, you got to, you got to take the bad with the good and and vice versa. So that's how, that's how I always tried to handle it. And I always made myself available because mm-hmm. there's some guys that, that don't. Right. And so when stuff does, you know, starts going wrong and then they don't want to speak to the media, even at those times, like it, it could be very detrimental to you. It turns into so like, like a witch hunt, like you're hiding from them, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you, we want answers as fans, as media, we deserve answers. And so I always tried to make myself available, no matter how it was going. Even my last year, like when nothing went right, when I felt like I was, no matter what I did, I felt like I was in quicksand. I still had the balls to go and face them. Mm-hmm. Like, because it's just, it's it's pro sports like the fans deserve a reason um you know and, and so do the, and so do the media so it's and i think that's why i got along so well with the media and why when stuff you know wasn't going particularly well it, i never really got hammered because mm-hmm. i always made myself available to them and was you know polite and very professional and I think, I think that's why it allowed me to survive for so long. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I get it. I get it. Um, Evan, you got anything else? I got two two last quick ones. I I mean, I was just gonna. I went to uh, Columbus's camp two two years ago now, and I had mm-hmm. uh, and obviously Manny Legacy is there. I was just 
curious if you had any good stories about him or anything like that, because obviously he's a character in his own. So Manny was great because Manny, I backed him up my my rookie season coming out of training camp because Oz heard his groin in camp. So Manny took me right under his wing. Like he knew I was staying, you know, downtown. I was I was the only rookie on that opening night roster. So I was by myself, 21 years old, down downtown um, at the at the Renaissance Center. So um, Manny was always good. Like after games, like hey, Howie, let's go have a beer, you know, over at the post bar or something like that. So he was, he, you know, brought me right under my, you know, under his wing and, and, and made me feel, it made me feel comfortable, right, in the room too, because I was, you know, I was basically, yeah, I was sitting in between, you know, him and Oz. So it was, um, but then Oz was the same way, you know, like, like he's my mentor for my, for a reason and, and, you know, why, shit we're such great friends it's it's amazing like you know how close we've gotten to the point now that we're we're coaching together our, our boy our his youngest son max my oldest son james they're the same age they're playing on the same team we're constantly together we're constantly talking and you know we've gotten and we've become super super close so it's i was very fortunate over the course of my career that I played with, I played with absolute beauties. Yeah. Like Dom, like Dom was awesome. Like people, like people have, you know, different opinions of Dom, but I loved him. Except for when he tried to take me to baseball games all the time on the road. I, like, <laughs> I don't want to go to baseball games. I don't want to go, but you can't say no to Dom or he writes you off. So, um, you know, playing with Joey McDonald, absolute character, Ty Conklin, just a beauty. I used to drive him nuts. He was trying to, no, he had his um, uh, pilot's license, but he'd always be reading on his Kindle. And I would just take my finger and I'd just fire it, like right on the screen, whatever, because he'd sit next to me on the plane. And he'd be like, you got to be fucking kidding me, Howie. Like, I'm studying here. I'm like, oh. Fuck, man, I'm bored. Like you just sit here on this thing, <laughs> reading about planes all the time. It's driving me nuts. Like have a conversation. Um, but he was a beauty in his own right. Um, Gustafson, the monster. This guy, this guy was special. What a special human being. Never say, never say anything. Get a couple of beers in him. Can't shut him up. Those guys are the best. Oh, it was like, oh my god, dude! Like, but all right, take a breather here, man. Take a breather, like. Settle down, settle down. <laughs> oh, he was awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, and Bernie and I, you know, to this day, we we still we still talk, and um, yeah, it's like I was very fortunate to have a lot of great partners over the course of my career. That's sweet. Yeah, I mean it's uh historic. You look at the guys that have rolled through here and wore wore the wheel. Um but I do have just two quick ones here, Howie. If you if you could have had the same type of career, very similar to what you did in hockey, but you did it in a different sport, what would you have done it in? Golf. Yeah, I knew you were gonna fucking say golf. <laughs> I man, I wish I wish my handicap would stay below 
attend, but I can't with four kids. I just can't. It's just, it drives me nuts. I'm like, God, I'm an athlete, but yet I still right around 10 to 12. Like, it's just, it's so pathetic. <laughs> it's, it drives, it drives, it legit drives me nuts. Cause like, I have the game where I should be like down to a five, four, five, or six, but I don't play enough. So I'm not consistent. And, you know, a nice round can turn into a 95 really, really fast. <laughs> and I've kind of come to, I've kind of come to grips with it where my golf game isn't going to be any good until I'm probably 50. It's I, just a waiting game yeah. at that point. It's patience. Yeah. Like it, it's, I've, I've come to, you know, grips in it, with it internally that golf is just going to be on the back burner until my kids are growing. Yeah. It drives me nuts because, you know, like when you're getting close to retirement and you're like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to spend so much time at the club. I'm going to just be dialed in. I'm going to be a single digit, low single digit handicap in no time. You boys aren't going to be able to believe it when you, when you guys are done playing, how great I'm going to be. No, I've gone the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Well, what a joke. <laughs> hey, the good news is you're shaping the young minds of the future with coaching and developing hockey players. So yeah, you're, you're golfing like, hey, shit, you can, but <laughs> you can attest to this, right? Like, this is the worst week of probably being a coach for younger kids. Because yeah. everyone is just want to get to Christmas break. I was telling Oz today, I go, dude, I just, I, I need a breather. I was like, I need a breather. I'm like, Christmas break is like the AHL All-Star weekend slash bye week for the NHL, where I just want to – I need to get away from everyone. Oh, man. <laughs> Buddy, I needed a break like two months ago. I go, oh, we've been doing – I'm like, we've been doing this since August, the second week of August. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Like, yeah. I need a breather. Yeah, I mean, not – between like me doing Henry's team but helping out with Lola, that's the 12s, and then doing the other 11 team and then doing these 15s at Birmingham – Every night, just at Birmingham, yeah. buzzing around. So it's fun. Somebody said, "How many days are you at the week? Uh, how many days are you at the week uh, rink during the week?" I go eight. They looked at me. <laughs> I'm there every single night. You know I am. That's all it is. Yeah. 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 That's all it is. You don't really care though. <laughs> I'm just like you know, when I said eight, they were just sort of looking at me. I'm like, I know there's seven days in a week. I'm just saying. <laughs> um. Howie, any goalies you had friendships with in the league that like weren't with Detroit? Pagarene, Tukarask, Tukarask, um, Quickie, obviously. Yeah. Um, I would say probably say those three. Where? Ben Bishop, Ben. Well, Ben Bishop, Jake Allen became um became more and more tight with the old Hamburglar when he moved here. Moved up into this area, skated, trained with him a lot. Um, oh God, yeah, Tuka, 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 and Peke, Peke were some of my favorites. Bish was, yeah, he went all Marmada, right? He was at Maine. Yeah, he was at he was at Maine, so we had that connection, and um, we do that access goaltending school together, like yeah, the wait, the one in Madison, yeah. Do you, do you know Larry Clemens? Do you remember Larry, um, big, 
big lanky dude no. maybe maybe but like yeah bish jake allen andrew hammond myself and then there'd be certain other guys each year that would float in and out oh michael hutchinson i nicknamed him mr game seven in august <laughs> i'm like he does realize it's august right now the way he's doing some of these skating drills like i'm like you hurt yourself <laughs> Back at I'm like, pull it off here for a second, man. Um, I'm like, I know you're doing, we're doing these C cuts and your skate's going down to the fucking floor. Like, <laughs> it's ripping the concrete. Yeah. Oh, uh, um, but all, all great guys in their own rights. Tuka and I ripped up the Olympic Village together in Sochi. That was always, always fun. Yeah. You, you almost went with Tuka one time, though, out in Boston. Oh my god! Yeah, that that would have been hilarious. <laughs> what? Because because we're great buddies. Do you want to talk about a bitch fest? That was another one too. Whenever we were together, it was just why are we doing this? Why are we still playing? Why are we still getting hit by pucks? I can be doing so much more with my time. <laughs> we go out there and we play great against each other and just smile and. And talking, it was funny. Like when when that whole that whole incident happened, all I could hear from the left side, all I could hear from the yelling that, yeah, uh, yeah, Jimmy, here I come from the blue line. I'm like, oh, dukes, we're gonna do this. All right, buddy, because he always said we all we we gotta. At least, what it was never supposed to be against each other, but it was always like whenever we talk, we gotta at least get into one NHL fight. You gotta have a scrap. And, yeah. And then I got older. And I was like, this. I don't like doing any of that anymore. Um, what did the refs say when they were pulling you guys apart? Because like you guys, you threw gloves off when you when he turned the corner and he came up on your left side. You went gloves off immediately. But like they tied you up pretty quick, and like you guys were fighting to grab each other, and the refs just were not having it. Well, is it? Can you hear us? That was all for show. There was no way the refs were gonna ever let us. Yeah, let yeah. us go. Like they they had us both hogtied pretty darn good. Like I was I wasn't getting loose from the referee no matter <laughs> what I tried to do. The way it was he was latched onto me like an offensive lineman. Like I wasn't moving. Like all of that moving around that was all for show. Give you know, the people a show. Give it, yeah, give give the people what they want. Like in the crowd, you know, we're just making the game a little bit better. Yeah. That's what it is. You, hey, a give bit them of a reason to buy the tickets, right? Yeah, a little bit of showmanship. But, man, we had a good laugh about it after the game. That's for sure. That's awesome. Um, Evan, you got anything else? No. I, we covered a lot. We covered some good shit. <laughs> Howie, you're uh, you're unbelievable. I appreciate you taking the time. Like, I know this is it's a late night on a Monday, and you got to be at the rink again tomorrow. <laughs> so, fuck, it's uh, it's a burner. But, like you said, we're coming right. up into the we're, – we're in the final stretch. We're, we're at the t- – Stretch. Oh, just get me to Thursday. Get me to Thursday. I get five days. Well, then you got to play Santa, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be a little little challenging. Wrapping gifts, hiding hiding stuff from the kids. Well, cause like, yeah, you have the Louie and your daughter probably still big into Santa, right? Maybe maybe Henry. No, all of them. All oh, okay, cool. That's yeah. fun then. We're very fortunate where 
yeah, it's all it's all still very big. That's all I can say because the two boys are still awake in the living okay. room. Good. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good. I hope uh, I hope Santa treats you well. And again, Howie, it's this is a treat for me. This is very special for me. So thank you. And uh, I'm sure I'll be seeing you at the ring sometime sooner. You come by the office and have a little bitch fest with Scotty and we'll hang out. All right? I know. I, I, I got to get back up there. I haven't seen him. Maybe I'll come up uh, this week. Kids are off school, so I need a really good uh, reason to get out. Yeah. Well, bring uh, bring bring uh, James and Henry. Grab Henry, Lola, and I'll tour them around the factory, and then we can all hang out. They've already done that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's gonna be like James and Henry will be like, I've, I've already done this. Why? Why are we? I've seen this get... shit three times. Yeah, like James has been out there so many times. Well, he had, he had a diaper change one time at the office. I heard. Was it James or Henry? It was. Uh, it might have been Henry because I think he was. I think it was second. Henry. Yeah. I think it was Henry that had a diaper change there. Quick pit stop that on Scotty's desk. Was... Yo, on that couch. <laughs> oh, <laughs> on that infamous couch in Scotty's office, I think I changed a huge blowout from one of the boys. <laughs> yeah. <Green> couch. <laughs> oh. It's still a comfy, comfy couch, though. It's, um, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. So, All right, Howie. Thank you, buddy. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome. We'll see you. Thank ya. you so much, Howie. Yeah. Be good. Have a happy holidays. You too. Thank you.